way, and it seems only fitting on a significant birthday for you today. We started with Adam McGrath, who was a long-time steward of Sports Breakfast, but all the way back when it started, this wonderful institution that is Community Sports Radio, 91.3 Sport FM, it was breakfast with Corbin and Clarkey. Corbin Middlemass has gone on to bigger and better things. He's uh, one of the, the lead broadcasters for the national broadcaster, getting ready for a grand final in a couple of weeks. Corbin Middlemass, an old friend of the station, is with us to reflect on uh, Wayne's incredible contribution to the station on his 70th birthday. Uh, Corbin, good morning. Uh, good morning, Jacob. Thanks for having me, and uh, happy birthday, Dunny. You're 70. Oh, I thought you were 70 when I was working with you uh, about 12 years ago. How, how on earth are you going backwards in age? Benjamin oh. Button. <laughs> oh, welcome to you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> no, I, 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 most sincerely, happy birthday. It's, uh, it's a hell of a milestone. I'd, uh, I'm nearly I'm 33 next year, Wayne, and I'm hoping to be as good a nick at 33 as you are at 70. So ah. that's mainly the, the one thing that I'm trying to work for. So if I get to 70 and I'm in some kind of shape as the way you're getting around and how sharp you are, I think uh, most of us be uh, be very chuffed with that. So um, happy birthday. What, what do you got planned apart from waking up early in the morning driving down to Hammond Hill? What's, uh, what's on for the rest of the day? Well, it's been a little bit of a festival of wine for the month my wife has been very good in arranging i think it's all the restaurants that she's wanted to go to uh so we've been going to different places but we're going to a lovely place tonight called the uh post it's in the treasury center over here and then the weekend we've got a a, a massive weekend down at Margaret with my brother and his kids and my kids my family so i'm really looking forward to that so yeah there's been plenty going on corbin it's been lovely uh, that's uh, that's awesome, Louise. She uh, she she looks after you. There's uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, I remember when when I started on uh, Sports Breakfast. I remember thinking, what on earth am I going to do in about six to twelve months' time? Because you mentioned right at the start of our run that look, I'll just do it to get stuff and going, and then I'm not so sure how long I'll be able to stick around in this. And here you are, sort of uh, still holding it down. <laughs> and, um, feels like a pretty handy thing to um, to sort of give you something to do every morning and uh yeah obviously you you've been great support not just for me but for a heap of other people that have been through the doors and um you've been the constant there for uh for, for lots of young broadcasters that have been in and out of the place over that that period of time yeah and it's been it's been lovely actually to you know to work with young kids and and see how they developed with it, you know especially yourself was, was the first and then spriggy and ben and uh, Adam and then JL was on his way. So, um, can you remember the first song we played? <laughs> or how, what our introduction was? Was it Start Me Up? Yeah, it was Start Me Up. That was how we started it. Start, Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones. What did we play this morning? What did we play off the top? I'd... Smooth Operator. <laughs> Wayne requested Corbin this morning. I came in and I said, I you can pick not. a song. You can pick a song for your birthday to start us off. And he said, I want to play Smooth Operator because that's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> you can't believe that, Corbin, could you? <laughs> How appropriate! That's uh, that's excellent. I remember, uh, we did have some funny times over the journey. There's uh, there's definitely no doubt about that. One in particular, I remember in the early days, Danny, where we had um, basically we would record a bunch of interviews that sort of Irene and Minnow would organise for us with sort of past greats of the game. And so, yep. sure enough, we and we would do sort of almost like profile pieces on the you know, legends of Australian football, and we're lucky enough to speak to the likes of you know, Bobby Skilton and all these greats, and not just from Australian rules, but also from you know, various other codes. And I remember vividly the day that we had sort of Lee Matthews, and I was, uh, oh. I think I was about 18, 19 <laughs> at the time, and the Portuguese radio show oh. on Radio Frio were recording their interview in the, uh, in the spare studio at the back, and it was one of those early introductions to sort of responsibility and, and life as, a, as an adult, where 
I hadn't booked the studio. I just banked on the fact that it was going to be available. So we, I've done all my prep. You had your questions ready to go. We teed up the, the greatest player that uh, had ever played the game for, for a little bit of a chat. And unfortunately, we had a double booking at the time, completely on my fault. And so I had to try and explain to Lee Matthews, look, is there any other time that we could do the interview? And he basically said, you know, what sort of two-bit operation is, what sort of two-bit operation is this? And look, if we can't do it now, look, don't worry about it, mate. I'm a you know, very busy man. I've got things on later today. I remember the crushing feeling at that stage where I thought, oh, no, I've had this, this interview organised and this was a, a great moment. And you were able to counsel me through it that, look, this is just a little bump in the road and uh, we'll be right and uh, it, it, we'll be able to bounce back from this. But, um, yeah, yeah, I remember that was... Uh, and then I think we got Alan Jeans on straight away after that. So so there was some yeah. some good ones <laughs> after that from then on. So, uh, yeah, no, it's been, a, it's been a great journey. And, uh, yeah, we're still going here and you're still going over there and... and Melbourne, how are you enjoying the football life the, over there? It must be absolutely unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. And particularly, I mean, given the COVID years that we had here in, um, what, 2020 and 2021, to think that at this time of the year in, in both of those, um, both of those years, there was certainly no footy going on and there wasn't a whole lot going on in, um, in life more broadly. So to think that the you know, city is alive, two of the biggest teams in the land are obviously in, in the last four. Um, they're both teams from, you know, they're the inner, northern suburbs of Melbourne in Collingwood and Carlton, and yet they have fan bases that spread right across the country. Um, you guys will find the same thing in Perth, that you know you, that you walk around any corner, there's a Carlton and Collingwood fan, and people excited about you know the run that they're on. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a story that, yeah, that the prospect of a, a Carlton-Collingwood grand final for the first time since, what, the early 80s? I think 81 was the last time they, they played one another, um, that that's on the horizon. Uh, and then there's a very real chance that neither of them get there. I mean, the, the GWS Giants are the spruik team of the competition. They've lost two of their last 13 playing some eye-popping football at the moment. And the Brisbane Lions obviously have the advantage of playing that preliminary final at home where they haven't lost all season. So um, really, it's beautifully set up that no matter what sort of combination we get, there's going to be littered with storylines. Um, grand final week and, and certainly for the remainder of this week as we uh, we head into the prelim. Corbin, you've sat there at the MCG the last two Friday nights at a heaving MCG and I know you're behind the glass but you can hear through your effects the, the noise of the crowd. How special has it been to broadcast these two Carlton finals and see the Blues Army rise as their teams had two incredible victories? Oh, amazing. I mean, they're, they're a starving fan base. They haven't played a single final in a decade and then they not only get there but are able to win felt like the, the, the win against Sydney, they were the better team for large periods, but were sort of uh, holding on at the end, just trying to, to uh, make their way through to the last six. And then on the weekend, it felt like there were some kind of greater forces at work that, that managed to, uh, to get them over the line. I think Melbourne were the, the better team for large periods, and yet Carlton knew how to win it, and Melbourne somehow found a way to lose it. So the, the noise in particular when Blake Akers kicked that goal and then the final throw and not. I'm so privileged that I get to go to the MCG, you know, regularly, sometimes twice a weekend, you know, routinely throughout the season. I, I can't remember the noise quite like that. And there are people that have been there, you know, much more regularly than I have over the journey that have said a similar thing this week. Just that you could, you could feel the stands shake with, uh, you know, a hundred thousand people in and, uh, and the noise in particular. But the only thing that sort of remotely compares for me was that, uh, that innings that Virat Kohli played in the T20 World Cup and in, in India versus Pakistan. And, um, it was a different kind of noise, and that was sort of uh, constant throughout. But just to have sort of the, the jolt of energy when the Acres goal went through and the, the final siren was um, was incredible and, and something special.
You certainly know you're alive in, in moments like that, particularly at the home of sport at the MCG. Corbin, I want to go back just to where we were a moment ago with you. You start here at Sport FM in those early years. You were, um, you're probably not even old enough to drive a car yet when you first started here at, at Sport FM, being so young. Um, how did you find that? The parents would have given you a lift in, and then you're dealing with Wayne, a man far your senior. Yeah, so I was, I was probably what first there done when I was 15, 16, doing bits and pieces on, on the weekends and just reading some scores. And then by the time we went... Um, on to, to back back in the day, so for people that are old enough to remember, Sport FM was really only a weekend station. So we basically what came on about four o'clock on a Friday afternoon, and then would go off there again on a on a Sunday night. Um, and then barring the Sheffield Shield matches, which would be able to to get uh, priority over the airtime when when they fell. Um, and but then once we went full time, I think it was my first year out of school. So basically, I you know, finished school in you know, November or October the year before, and then we started say in February or whatever it was. Um, so I had my license by then and I'd be up early and, and driving to, to work and, um, yeah, rubbing the sort of sleep out of my eye, trying to work out what's going on and trying to tee up something. And every now and then, as I'm sure uh, Danny's done to a numerous of his co-hosts over the years, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd sleep through the alarm and he would ring and wake me up and I'd realise as soon as I see Wayne Clark pop off on the phone that that's probably not a good thing, that I'm, I'm not there in time and haven't, uh, opened up the studio. But, um, I mean, in all seriousness, the, 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 so, uh, Wayne's had such a significant um, sort of impact on on my career, and I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And, and not not even so much on whatever happens on radio, but the conversations that we're able to have during that time, um, just about life and things that were going on. I think that's where he's, he's been the biggest impact on, on me. And to be able to hear, uh, to be able to deliver some of that advice in a way that never feels like it's overbearing, or he. he sort of has such a knack and it, it is uh, a great gift and there'll be so many people whether it's in his coaching journey or that he's come across in life that'll say the same thing that to be able to sort of steer people in the right direction without ever feeling like they're telling you what to do or that you can't have fun in what you're doing in the process and um, he has a, had a wonderful balance at that over the years and um, yeah I always feel like he's been a bit of the older wiser guy in my life and whenever we catch up or whenever I've got a, a query there's um, yeah I always feel like he, he's been able to point me in the right, right direction so I'm, I'm uh, yeah Really grateful for that. Yeah, well said, and can only reiterate those words um, from me um, and the advice that he continues to give to this very day. So it's just been passed from. It's a bit of a baton that he's passed from one uh, sports breakfast host to another. Corbin, I got a personal question to finish. You called the 2010 Waffle Grand Final here on Sport FM. I'm right in saying you're a Claremont supporter. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you went through the pain of seeing your team lose a grand final, one of the great grand finals. Andrew Cracker kicked the winner in the dying moments. Um, how should I handle as an Issa Mantle supporter this week if the Sharks go down in similar circumstances? Well, it's been a long drought, hasn't it? Which I think Claremont was in a similar one at the same period. So I, I remember going as a kid and Dad would take me along, I reckon, in 04, 05, 07 when Claremont lost. And then so when 2010 rolled around, I thought, yeah, this is finally the year. One of the greatest grand finals of all time, and then obviously didn't go their way. And I was lucky enough that I was there in eleven and twelve when they were able to win. And I think that was the first premiership claim at one since ninety six. So since I would have been um, really little at that stage. I mean, you're in a you're in it. What when was each round was last like ninety eight? Ninety eight, right? Yes, ninety eight. Yeah, Gee, that's a that's a long period of time. But uh, you're a, you're a very professional broadcaster, though, um, Jacob. So I'm sure you'll. 
you'll be, do your very best to be able to straddle that line. But um, yeah, I think only only you'll be able to tell when it's time on in the last quarter and the, the game's close as to how you're able to, to work your way through it. But I hope for your sake and all the, the old Ace fans out there that it's the uh, the day that you want it to be oh. on, on Sunday. I was chatting to another good Ace of man, Brett Sprigg, a couple of days ago, and he said, just go for it. Just go for it. Be as passionate and parochial as you like. And I thought, no, I think I better keep the keep everything in check. But uh, it promises to be a great day. Corbin, really appreciate your time on the show this morning. Um, you're an institution at this station, Sport FM alumni never forgotten and doing great things now on the national broadcast a call well over the next couple of weeks and thanks for reminiscing with wayne this morning thanks jacob appreciate it happy birthday dunny and and how true is this of fitting of our relationship that it's your birthday i get on and then i, I get to be showered with all this kind of praise and credit as if it's my birthday and it's my birthday. Oh, you deserve it so keep it up all right <laughs> Thanks, Danny. Appreciate it. See Thanks. you, Pearl. Corbin Middlemas with us this morning here on Sport FM. Uh, he's now based in Melbourne and, and uh, I'd say the lead caller at the ABC. He does a fantastic job. Yeah, and he's, he's taken on that yes, role he now, has. hasn't he? he has and um, called a grand final last year, not before time, mind you, and he'll probably call another one in a couple of weeks. It's all on form at the ABC, mm, but I think mm. he's um, he's probably at the top oh, of the I tree, I would be. have thought.